Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, 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 what is going on, travelers? We are back again for another week of the Success Journey Show. It's Ricky Venters and Marlon Madden. Marlon, what's good, bro? How are you doing today? Yes, Rick. I'm, I'm, I'm good. People, well, by the time they heard this, uh, you know, I went to, I did a little vacay with the wife uh, to yeah. Hawaii for 10 days, came yeah. back, went to North Carolina, not on work, but so it's been a good three weeks since we really recorded anything. This is crazy. We're not yeah, used to it has it. been that time. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, three weeks. It's been that weeks, long. A yeah, lot of yeah, a lot of things. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of um mm, perturbed about some of the things that's going on, but at the same time, not trying to worry about what's in society, what's going on in terms of um just accountability that people don't want to have accountability. So if somebody says something that you should just be able to do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, that's the person that everybody gravitates to, and then when something goes wrong, then they they're looking for your, you know, you know, you, if, if, if you, if I have a million dollars and somebody says, yo, buy what you want to buy, like, you only live once. But then when I die, if I spent all my money, you, you, you the family's putting up a GoFundMe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not one to be jumping to say, oh man, I need to go give this person a GoFundMe because guess yeah. what? When the person had that money, you said, live like how you want to live. So when this person needs their family needs money to do whatever <laughs> it's not on me <laughs> <laughs> oh man that man I, you got to hear the heart in that guy it's not it's not it doesn't sound the way it, it doesn't it, it's not what it yeah. sounds like don't come to me man don't come to me oh it's, 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 it's hard it's hard it's a hard stance to take yeah. But sometimes I think in society, you got to, people got to feel the blunt of what's going on. So if you want to, if you want to be regarded as a businessman, but total gun around, sell drugs, go do that. If you want to be shaking your butt everywhere, but then you want somebody to respect you as a woman, if you think the two can match, go ahead and do it. But when it doesn't, don't come to Marlon and say, why is this not happening? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what I see a lot that's been going on. I saw, I'm not going to call the person because I think you called them people name. The person said in an interview, I don't, I don't believe in the concept of buying a house. I think wherever I'm traveling is where my home is. But in the same conversation, the person said, man, as black people, we need to, we need, we need to buy the block back. We need to buy homes and we need to, I'm like, yo, just, and then everybody's or, like, or or he knows people in different areas that he could stay at or stay at, you know, but there's he's staying at their house. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'll be, and he's I'll be at, be buying one, but when I go but, somewhere else, hey, you, you got a house I can stay in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't understand, and then, but then everybody's like, man, this guy's a genius. I'm like, come on, guys, man, stop. Just going and falling for every little thing because it fits the narrative that, that you don't have to be accountable. And then you go ahead and do it. Um, but that's my little rant, man. I have so many things sometimes that I be thinking about that. I, I just laugh because I, I, I analyze. 
I sit back and I watch it come to fruition. And, every, and when it's happening, people are like, why is this happening? I was like, you know, that guy rapped about taking drugs every day. And they're like, man, I can't believe he OD'd. He rapped about it. <laughs> you know, so, 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 so I'm not throwing on no yeah, shirt for that person. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I like that. I like when I, I see that hoodie you got on over there, man. You know, I I, you it. don't have one yeah. yet, Ricky. That's my bad. So, yeah. people, it was great that I went out. I went on vacation. The shipment was coming in. Actually, while I was on vacation, I was I was checking my my my, my door feed. I was like, man, oh man, they dropped off the box. I was like to my to my mother in law because she stayed with the kids. I was like, make sure you pick up the box because it was raining while I was in there enjoying myself. I know you guys were having some rain over here. So these are them right here. Um, journey wear. Uh, right now I'm wearing one. I'm actually sampling it out. This is the journey wear right here. So it had the journey wear right here. On here, he has the journey wear logo. Oh, and I wore this one to the gym because I wanna, you know, we always test out our products before we push it out to the street. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I wore yeah. this to the gym to, to kind of, so I have to wash it. Now I'm gonna wash it. I'm gonna see how, how good everything is before we start promoting it. But this right here, is a lot of people are coming up to me, Rick, and they're like, yo, I like that. I like that. I like that. So definitely. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now I love it, man. Yeah, I'm I'm over here, man. You see me, you guys see me with the tissue here. I'm just like, I don't know, right when we got on this call, like just sinuses start going crazy. Headache, eyes tearing up, nose running. So I don't know what's going on, but um, it is that it's kind of late for it to be, you know, for fall to allergies, but I don't know. I don't know. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to bed after this one and hopefully sleep it off. But yeah, guys, man, we're so glad to be back with you guys again. Um, man, we've been having some great uh, guests, you know, over this, past, over this fall uh, season. And um, we're just going to keep bringing it to you. You know, we have another great guest today that's going to be talking a little bit more down our alley. Um, you guys are really going to enjoy it. But before we even go there, I just want to remind you, go to the website, um, please. You know, um, we see, you know, people that come on. We were, we engage with some people that come on into our chat and our chat feature. Um, just, you know, if episodes, any of these episodes uh, resonate with you, leave a comment, you know, it doesn't be anything long. We love to hear your thoughts, you know, and we're getting a lot more guests that are joining us from all around the world. And we want them to feel loved as well. Uh, uh, based off of the, their experiences that they're sharing with you. So, yeah, I want you to leave a comment, leave a, a, a remark on any of the podcast platforms that are out there or on our website, shoot us an email. Uh, we will love to hear from you. But, man, we're going to jump right into it today uh, and get to our guests. Hey, what is going on, Traveler? This is the best part of our show and we always promise to bring on the special guests that can share the behind the scenes journey to their life and where they are now and today we're going to follow suit with that and we have none other than Victor Juracek. Victor thank you so much for joining us today how are you doing? I'm doing good I'm doing good thanks for having me. Oh yeah thank you man it's our pleasure our pleasure so why don't you start off by just sharing with our travelers just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so for sure. So my name is Victor. Uh, I live in Gainesville, Florida. I'm, I'm in real estate. I primarily do fix and flip. So, you know, you buy the house, you fix it up, you sell it. So that's, that's what I typically do. And yeah, so I did about 20 flips last year, 30 flips this year is the goal. 
Uh, also did a little bit of rentals, but the primary focus is fix and flip. And uh, just really, you know, got into real estate, really enjoy it. And this is basically where I want to stay. I don't, I don't want to do anything else, essentially. You know, it used to be with previous entrepreneurial ventures or businesses, like, okay, I'm going to finish this. And like, what's the next thing? And let me do this. And like, what's the next thing? And then with real estate, there's no, there's no future projection. There's no future pacing. It's like, this is it. I just do, you know, the goal is to do more and bigger and better. And that's it. That's, um, that's it. And that's the goal. So it's nice to have that sort of uh, closure, if you will. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So, you know what, Victor, I, I, I am convinced by what you just said about real estate and, and tomorrow, uh, I'm going to go out there and start my journey to flip 20 houses next year. And there yeah. we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that, you know, it's crazy. Some people hear that and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to start my journey next week." And uh, yeah, by six months, I'm gonna have my first 15 flips done. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that and a lot of times that's was advertised on these social media platforms and all these different avenues, and people get caught up with the "Oh, it's quick money, I'm gonna go flip." So, why don't you just share with us before? You know, you go into even in depth in the real estate aspect of it, just kind of the person, Victor, behind the real estate. Like, you know, tell us about some of your, your, your background, your upbringing a little bit, um, school, if you went to school, whatever it may be. So the, the, the Travis kind of a little bit more of a picture of kind of your background. Yeah, for sure. So I, I worked really hard in like middle school and high school. So I eventually wanted to get into like a, a good college and I basically did. So you know, worked really hard, um, got into college. Uh, a lot of my family was engineers. My mom's a chemical engineer, brother's a mechanical, you know, entire family's engineers. So like, okay, let me just do engineering. Uh, quickly found out like a year or two into like, hey, this isn't for me. I don't enjoy it. I was doing the coursework and the schoolwork. I'm like, hey, this, this isn't enjoyable. I don't like this. And then also I would be, um, you know, talking to people who were like five, 10, 15 years down the career path where I was headed and also didn't like where, what they were doing. Like it wasn't anything personal with them. It just, I just saw what they were doing. I'm like, hey, this isn't for me. Um, basically decided, cause I was always entrepreneurial and that always uh, was of interest to me. It didn't make sense to me like to change major. Cause at that time I still had a full ride, uh, which was great. You know, that's exciting. But I didn't didn't make sense for me to change a major. Like you don't go to college for business. Like it, you go out in the real world for business. Uh, so basically, I dropped out. So it was two years into it, dropped out, and mm. you know really went into the the business world and just had. I think my first business was a failure. Second business was a failure. And then as I like learned and iterated, like it became less of a failure and more like swung towards success. Um, at a certain point with like the business failures, I wasn't doing well enough. So I got like a corporate job. I was in healthcare. I was an, an administrator for a home health agency and realized like, hey, this, this corporate kind of job isn't for me. Wasn't earning enough. Wasn't, um, didn't have the flexibility I wanted. Didn't enjoy it either. Uh, so then I got into real estate. I got into wholesaling. Uh, first wholesale deal made 3,000. Second one made three and a half thousand. Uh, then with the wholesale deals, I was like selling these deals to fixing flippers. And I saw they would make 30, 20, 30, 40,000. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, Hey, I want to get into this. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, I haven't done a wholesale deal since 2018. I've just been fixing and flipping since then. And, and, you know, here I am. Oh man. Ask you about those, um, those two businesses, what were they and why did they essentially fail? Sure. Uh, so the first business was, um, a wood flooring business. Like we'd refinish wood floors. Uh, the second business was uh, I was trying to hold, I was doing the home health care. I was trying to like buy home health agencies 
in a roll-up fashion, if you're familiar with that. So basically a roll-up is you buy company A, company B, company C, you put them all together. And then because it's a bigger company, you can sell it for more. You know, so I, I was doing that. I wasn't successful at that though. Uh, why do they fail? Uh, so first one with the wood flooring business, I, I really, I got mentors and I didn't listen to, which was a dumb idea. Uh, I basically bought a business. I basically <laughs> bought a job because it was a small business. It was like making like 50K, 60K a year down. revenue. Can you break that? Buying a job because a lot of people are <laughs> yeah. have a business oh, man. and then they don't understand that factor of buying a job. Please so um, found. Yeah, yeah. found on that buying a job, please. Yeah, no, that's fine. So uh, so I was buying the company and it was at 50, 60K revenue a year. So like maybe 5K you know, revenue a month. Uh, but the actual like money was making like, I don't know, like a thousand bucks a month, 2000 bucks a month. So it wasn't, wasn't that big. And basically the, the company I was buying was basically just this one guy and he was doing the work, like he was doing the wood floor refinishing. Um, he was doing everything, right? So just like a kind of a solopreneur thing. So basically like, what am I buying? And then with the wood flooring, it's kind of like a one-off thing. So as soon as you refinish someone's wood floor, like you don't have to come back, right? You're, you're good for five years. So like, what was I really buying? I was basically buying like the area, like I guess the marketing, his supplies. So I wasn't really buying much. I was basically just like I was saying, buying a job. Uh, Cause like one of my, you know, I can't go back to previous clients. I have to get new clients. So that's, yeah. that's the mistake I made. You know, when you buy a bigger, you know, bigger business with employees and revenue, you know, customers and all that stuff, you you're buying something, but I didn't, I didn't have anything. Mm, buying, that's a good it's buying a dream. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, this, this episode is going to be real good because um, you're coming from the engineer space to you tried other companies and then you found something that worked for you. And even in real estate, you diversified yourself because you said you're going first with the, with, with, with the wholesaling approach, but mm -hmm. you're seeing when you're selling that house to that, to, 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 to the person that's fixing the flip, their revenue, their profits at the end of that fix and flip is 30,000. You're just getting 3000 for the wholesale. Granted, yeah. you can move wholesale a lot quicker, but you want the bigger pie. Exactly. You yeah. want the bigger pie. So now we're going into real estate. If that's where you want to go, Rick, or you yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let's talk about your first, so you're doing wholesaling. What talk about your first deal that you actually fix and flip the ins yeah. and outs, what you learned from that. Um, yeah. And, so and, and your strategy, your strategy that you sure. went in and, and even the monies, how did you get the monies and everything for that? Yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack there. So, so for the first fix and flip, it was actually at first, it was going to be a wholesale deal. It's going to be wholesale deal number three. And basically what happened, like I couldn't find a cash buyer. I couldn't find an investor for it. And uh, basically what happened, this was like, this was like 2018. So investors back then wanted like more home run deals, especially with where I'm at in Gainesville. Like, they're like, hey, I want to make 50 grand on this property. Like they really wanted a home run deals. And I still saw the potential in the deal. Like, I know it's not going to make 50 grand, but there's still something in here. Like, you know, 30, 40 grand in here. Uh, but a lot of, you know, investors back then were super strict. So like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to let this go to waste. I've, you know, I've been trying to help out. This seller is basically like this out-of-state nurse. Like her mom passed away. She inherited this property. Uh, it needed a ton of work. She just didn't want to deal with it. So like, I, you know, I, I want to help this person out. Uh, so like, I'm not going to give up on this person because I can't wholesale it. So basically what I did, I was like, okay, well, let me just, you know, get into this fix and flipping. I'll, you know, get a little, get into this a little earlier than I thought. Um, it's like, okay, well, great. Well, what about the money? Cause that's, that's the biggest thing here. Like I, you know, I have a great deal now. I just need to get the money. So basically what I did, I found a money what, partner. 
Yeah, so I found a money partner. Yeah, do you want to say something? One thing about this whole thing is people are preaching, you can do fix and flip with zero money. You yeah. don't have to have any money. So let's let, continue, continue right. on. <laughs> uh, so basically, so I had the deal. Um, I basically found what's called like a money partner. So they put in the money to buy it, to fix it up, to sell it. And then obviously I found the deal. So I'd help renovate it and like help manage that and help sell it. So I was like the sweat equity. I was the boots on the ground. I was the person making it happen. They had the money and then we would split the profit. Uh, so that's what we did. So we bought it for 105, put in about 30, and then we made about 30, 30K net. And then I got a portion of that. They got a portion of that. Um, so rather than them having money sit in the bank, you know, they made, I think it was over four months, they made like, I, I got a third and they got two thirds, you know, so I made about 9,000, which isn't bad, or nine, 10,000, they made about 20,000. Uh, so in the end, they put in, I don't know, like 120,000, they made 20,000 in four months. Like that's a great return. Like I think most people would do that. And uh, yeah, then it kicked yeah, it off. And then I uh, got another money partner and it, it just grew from there. Um, but yeah, just a great deal. So I didn't put any money into that one and still made a profit. So yeah. yeah. Wow. What, um, what, what, what I want to get to the listeners also, when you say you didn't um, put any money in, you had the sweat equity, you had to yeah. go find an investor, mm -hmm. right? And then you had to say, hey, I'm going to turn this around for you in X amount of time and make this happen. So not just that, I understand a lot of people say the zero, I don't have to put in no money, but you still need to find that person that has that lump sum to say, okay, here's the mm -hmm. one, 105 and here's the $40,000 or $30,000 to fix this house up and over a span of time, and they're not worried about their money. So a lot of times people don't understand that that's hard to find. And then when you do all that, you're not gonna get the lion's share of that deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. which is fair. Yeah. But again, it gets you started. So, you know, got me to where I'm at today. So I'd, I'd happily do that deal again, you know, if I saw it. Yeah. Now talk, talk about just your, your learnings through that deal, right? You said you had to get do all the sweat equity uh, what were the things that you knew, things that you were figuring out as you were going along? Um, there were things that you were learning as you were exploring or experiencing new things through that, that thing. And what kind of resources did you go to in order to, you know, make sure that you uh, completed this at the level you want to complete it at? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we just kind of, we kind of just jumped into it. So we just learned a lot as we went, a lot of trial and error. Um, so what we did, which was correct, we did an inspection before we bought the place. Like, okay, cool. So we did the inspection no big deal. Um, and then <clears throat> there are things that like came up on the inspection report that we just didn't fix, which I guess we got lazy or we just kind of cut corners. So like one thing, like the subfloor wasn't uh, like properly done is like kind of uh, not rotten, but like something like that, like it was like, let's say damaged subfloor. Uh, we're like, okay, we'll just, you know, rip out the flooring above and like put in new flooring. And then obviously when we were selling that, that came back up. They're like, oh wait, the subfloor is, you know, uh, broken or that it needs work. It's like, okay, there's stuff like that. We, you know, stuff like, Hey, if there's an issue, you should fix it type of thing. But we just didn't know, you know, you just, uh, you know, just jump into it and like, Oh, I guess that matters now. So then now we know for the next time you got to fix that sort of stuff. There's certain things that buyers, you know, future buyers, future homeowners are picky about some things are not about. And part of that is just like the, the experience of it. Um, mm -hmm. so we, we just learned a lot, um, realize it's, you know, it's not, um, it's, it's a process. That one, that one sat on the market for two weeks. Uh, like we listed it, sat on the market for two weeks and it you know, got under contract. At first, 
we're just like freaking out, like, oh, it's been two weeks. You know, why isn't it moving? Looking back, like, you know, two weeks isn't moving. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't be mad at that. So it was, it's stuff like that. Just realizing it's a process. It's, it's a machine you buy, you fix it up, you sell it. Um, just knowing the numbers, uh, I think we initially wanted to sell it for 200. We initially, we uh, sold it for like 170, I think, in the end. Okay. Um, just because, you know, one, we missed repairs. So we had to give up some credits. And then two, yep. we just kind of overpriced it. Yeah. Uh, it was like a lot of these little things, but we had the buffer in there, right? So I think initially we were going to make, you know, 40 and then we ended up making whatever, 30. I don't know the specific numbers, but yeah. like, we had that yeah, buffer in there. So like we, we still made a profit. So just learn a lot of things, learn, learn a lot of things. And just, it gave us a lot of, it gave me a lot of confidence to do the next one and the next one. Like okay. so, as soon as you get that first check and you're like, oh shoot, this is, you know, this is legit. This is real. You know, let's, let's make this happen to the, to the next degree. I, I love oh. it. I love it. And that, that's where I was going to go next as to, yeah. you know, when was that pivotal point where you said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Like I'm going to do real estate. Right. Cause you know, you went mm-hmm. through, businesses and i know in your previous businesses i mean they ultimately you know didn't end well but it was some point in there where you stayed and you were like all right this is this is, this is good at, at one point it was good for you right one point mm-hmm. it was like okay this is gonna and then you came to that realization like ah it was good but it's not i'm realizing no it's not good for me i need to transition on transition on to something else with real estate you know when did you say hey no this is good and this is really good i'm going to keep going mm-hmm. with this thing <laughs> and, and and see where yeah. it takes me uh, I think so with this and anything in life and business, especially making that transition like nine to five to uh, you know, like entrepreneur, like earning your money elsewhere. Um, it's that it's that like cadence. It's that uh, pattern. It's that predictability. So it's not just like, hey, I got one deal. Cool. Let's quit a job. It's like, OK, I got a second one. And then I got a third one. And it's, it's saying like, hey, I know I can do this with consistency. Like what I'm doing is working. So if I do X, I'm going to get Y. Like, hey, if I, you know, I was cold calling at the time. Hey, if I make whatever, a thousand phone calls, I'll get a deal. Or that, that's not the necessary relationship in the numbers. But I know like, hey, if I do uh, step one, I'll get step two. And that's, that's a check. Um, so it's having that level of predictability. So somewhere between like number two and number three and number four, it's like, okay, well, hey, I'm, you know, doing this and I'm earning money. Like, let's, let's turn this into something. Um, talk about, so your first deal, you finished your first deal. You have, mm-hmm. you, you did the first two wholesales. You got 3,000, you got 3,500, that's 6,500. You got 10,000 mm-hmm. because you got this from the third deal. So now you have, you have essentially almost 17,000. How do you, true. Man- yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how do you maneuver your 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 fourth deal do you say okay i want to push out this person that i got an investor and i want to get the whole thirty thousand, or did you bring back another investor to, you know the person that invested with you after four months i would think they'll be like hey victor do we have another deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so the transition wasn't that i wouldn't like go straight to my own deals like i started to I still work, you know, I still worked with a person like deal after deal after deal. Um, and then I, I grabbed another money partner and then we went 50-50 with that other money partner and just uh, just transitioned it from there and like started to do more from there. But I still kept the first one around like because, you know, back then, again, like 17 grand is good, but I, I need that's not enough for me to like do my own deal or, yeah, you know, yeah. especially like because of those failed businesses, I had bad credit and some debt. So it's not like 17 grand was cash in my pocket nothing tied to it. It was 17 grand that quickly went to other things and living expenses and all that stuff. So um, that's, that's how I saw it. 
so yeah, it was just a slow transition and maybe a year or so into it, that's when I started to do my own deals, but still partner with people. And then now, and now like I'm still like slowly still moving like more of my own deals, more of my own deals. I still partner with people, but it's a lot less. Um, so I still do it to this day. Yeah. 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 So now, uh, um, with partnering with the people, so have you ever, are those people, um, hard money lenders that just basically sound investors or have you ever used hard money, um, to do any of your deals and tell us your strategy when it comes to that hard money lender. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the deal. So I've done all, all three, like money partners, private money lender, hard money lender, self-funded. I've done all of them. It really just depends on the deal. Uh, depends on where I'm at. Like if I have my own funds, like, Hey, I'll go do it. If I'm tight on funds, I'll grab a partner. So it just really depends on a lot of factors. Uh, but I've, I've worked with all of the above and I think you need to, I think you just need to be like flexible to what's going on, especially if a great deal comes across your plate, you don't want to miss out on it. So you want to be flexible. I'd rather get, you know, half of something or even a third of something than, you know, hundred percent of nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. That's a, that's a gem right there for you people that are listening. I know a lot of people, it's like what happens in the real estate or even in the financial world is somebody ties themselves to a guru. So somebody says, I'm going to do the Dave Ramsey. Hey, Dave, if you ever watch this, I don't know if you watch the success 30 show, I'm not bashing you. I'm saying his style probably don't fit. Or if you use a Dave Ramsey and a Kiyosaki and a Grant Cordon and do like a mashup, of all of them, you mm-hmm. could probably be more effective because now you could see, okay, this is the one that works more for me than just saying, I'm going to use the Dave Ramsey. I'm just beating it to the, in the head until it works and it never works. Mm-hmm. So um, in the same thing in real estate, some people will tell you, oh, stay away from hard money lenders. But if you have a strategy to go in and out that deal and mm-hmm. then refinance out the deal, or if you're using the hard money lender, the hard money lender says, hey, if you finish in three months, we'll let you sell the deal then you have a strategy. Your exit strategy to me is always important when it comes, yeah. especially to real estate. If you have a great exit strategy and it's proven, just go ahead and do the deal, whichever uh, vice, vice it has. Thank you for that. Now, yeah. talk about the pains and heartache sometimes of working <laughs> with partners. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the good thing about partners is uh, they bring something else to the table. And ideally, like they're going to balance you out. So for example, like I, I can find the deals, I can do the work and they have the money. Like it's a good fit, right? We can help each other out. Um, it, it's uh, some partnerships don't work. Like if you have money and they have money, it's like, okay, well, we have no deals. Like that's, that's not a good partnership. Yeah. Uh, but part of, part of the partnership is uh, like the good things is, yeah, they can help you uh, fill in your gaps. The bad things is uh, they have their own ideas and ways to do things. You have your own uh, ways and ideas of doing things. So I think definitely when, when we started, uh, there's definitely like more of that, uh, more of that clash, more of that uh, pushback, more of like, hey, I think we should do it this way. I think we should do it this way. Um, so there's there's a bit of that. Uh, as I get more experience and I bring on, I work with other partners, it's a little easier for me to, to outvote them just because I have more experience. Like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've done uh, more deals than you. Uh, so this is what I recommend. Um, so that, that's the first part of it. Um, on the flip side of that, on the opposite side of that, there's what's called a golden rule. Have you all heard of that one? The golden rule? Go to others. Oh, okay. <laughs> do it to others. Uh, you like them doing it to you? I don't know. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's one golden rule. The golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if the money partner has the money, 
then he's making the rules, you know, or else he's going to, yeah. you know, take his ball and go home. So there's no money and no deal. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and there's, there's a part of that where it's like, you know, just, uh, just, you know, learn as much as you can. If they, they're the money partner, work with them and eventually you can get to places where you're doing your own deal. So, you know, just uh, you, you'll, you'll get there eventually. And um, you might just have to keep your head down a little bit as you're working with these partners. Oh man, that is, uh, That's great. Also now, have you ever used the Burr concept? I have. Any of you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you walk? Can you yeah. walk our, um, our, 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 we call them travelers because everybody's going on a journey. Can you walk our travelers through what we call the Burr concept? Break down what, what each um, yeah. letter symbolizes and um, just run away with it. Sure. So, so Burr deals, I think it's a great strategy. Um, Burr is you buy, you renovate, you rent, you refinance. And the, the technical, the ideal version of this is like you would be able to get into rental properties and like you're no money down. So the, the idea is like, hey, if I could snap my fingers and you suddenly have a house that's cash flowing 300 bucks a month, uh, would you do it? And the answer should be a resounding yes, like using none of your own money. Uh, so like, then how many times would you snap your fingers? Like you'd snap, be, you know, snapping like crazy because that'd, that'd be a great thing to do. Um, so that's what a bird deal is. Um, I think bird deals are great. I think it's the tool in the tool belt. Like it shouldn't be like your only strategy. I like to see it like do a flip, do a bird, do a flip, do a bird. Um, the thing about bird deals, not a lot of people talk about, there are a lot of fees involved. Uh, typically when you buy it, there are fees, especially if you're using hard money, when you refinance it out, um, it's fees. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of fees in there. So as long as you're, you know, putting that into your numbers, I've done a lot of bird deals and it's like, sometimes you keep like 10 grand into the deal, like cash, 10, 15 grand. So then it's like, okay, you know, you're just less, less able to do so many bird deals. Uh, so I would just keep that in mind, but I think, you know, I think it's a great strategy, but that's why I say like do a flip first, because then you make 20, 30, 40,000 on a flip. Great, you can do two bird deals, or you can do you know whatever many bird deals, um, and it just it just opens you up to to really doing a lot. Man, uh, this is this is great because uh, usually, uh, uh, being that you did so many deals, you've seen so many different um, facets of real estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you talk to us also about something? Uh, comps. How do you get your comps for your area? Of course, now. Yeah, you could you probably know it off the back of your hand because you've done it so much. <laughs> but initially, the comps and your team that you put talk talk about your team because the team helps that. Um, especially if you have so many things going, you have a person for every section. So talk about the comps and talk about your team that you put together in order to um, hit all your objectives. Yeah, sure. So there's there's a lot to talk about there. So let's talk about comps first. So I honestly for comps, I just use Zillow. Um, like Zillow has like a feature. I just look at the little map. You can like a little zoom in on the map and look at the neighborhood. Um, I don't use PropStream, nothing against PropStream, but I've just seen they're really inaccurate. Like I was about to list a house here recently and the PropStream value was like 180. And then I was going to list it for like 230. And I think it went over asking for like 240. So it's just like, you know what, you know, they were just way off. Um, so I like Zillow. Uh, Zillow's estimate is all right. It'll put you in the right ballpark. Um, but I would just wouldn't use it as an end-all be-all. You're going to run your own comps. And part of that process, so a comp is a comparable, you know, so it's something that's sold in the last 12 months that's similar to your property. So if you have a 3-2, three, 3-bedroom, two, 2-bath, two like you should look at 3-2s, um, you know, if it's a 2-1 compared to 2-1s. And then you want to match as many factors as possible, like age of the house, size of the lot, you know, type of neighborhood, 
um, square footage. Like you want to match all these things up as much as possible. That, that's how I typically run comps. So it's kind of a, you know, how I run comps, it isn't 100% perfect, but at least gets me like in the right ballpark plus or minus five grand um, that I can then use. And then I think it's a good idea to always use like a realtor as a backup who can get you a more specific number. Uh, they can say like, hey, it's worth 257. And then if I'm in like 255 range, then I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, so, you know, I've, I've just had a lot of success with that. So just Zillow is good enough. You know, if it, if two or 3,000 kills your deal or even 5,000 kills your deal, it's probably not a deal. Not a good deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I'm yeah. either going to make five grand on this deal or, you know, lose five grand. It's like, that's not, you know, that's uh, that's not good. Yeah. So that's the that comps. Team. Yeah, that's the comps. Talk about that team that you put together to run that well-oiled machine. Yeah, so for the team, so when I started, um, so there's kind of like three ways to, to manage these properties and like manage these renovations, all that stuff. So like, the first is like do it yourself. Second is like done with you. And then third is done for you. So let me like break each of those down. So do it yourself, obviously, like you're doing the painting, you're doing the floor, like you're doing electrical, like you're the one making it all happen. Like you're the one physically doing labor. And that's how I started out. Like I did the painting and, you know, did the flooring, at least tried my best. Um, and there's a couple of things, um, like there's some benefits to that. And there's some things wrong with that. Um, some of the benefits, like you save money, right? Because if you're doing the painting, you have to hire a painter. Um, some of the, you know, kind of downside is like, so one is a quality of work. Like I found out like I'm a decent painter. I'm not the best. Um, so it'll, it'll look all right, but you know, it's, it's not the best. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, if you're painting, like you can't be finding deals or you can't be finding money or you can't be, you know, focusing on something else. So, so that's the other thing. So that's the other downside. So I started out do it yourself, switched over to done with you. And that's like, I hire a painter, does the painting, I pay him. I hire the flooring guy. He does the flooring, I pay him. I hire a roofer. He does the roofing and I, I pay him. Um, and so you're kind of like a project manager. It's kind of like a general contractor. You're the one managing it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that model, uh, but it's a similar idea, you know, uh, where it's okay. So I'm, you know, I'm tied up at the project, so I can't be finding deals. I can't be finding money, uh, but you're spending a lot less time. Like instead of spending, you know, a day at a house painting, you're spending maybe an hour there checking on the work and, you know, checking on it, making sure it's get, getting done. So then I went from that phase to done for you. So now, right now, I like a project manager. So she handles the projects. So she does what I used to do, like hires the painter. Okay, hires the flooring guy, you know, just manages the project to make sure it's done right. And you can also use a general contractor, but um, that's that's the rough uh, like team where I went. So where I'm at now, it's still a pretty lean team. So it's me, it's this project manager and assistant. And that that's pretty much it. Uh, so we just keep it super lean. Um, and just keep it keep it going that way. But um, that's pretty much it. That was the journey, and that was the that was the entire thing. There's nothing wrong with each phase, but each phase has like its pros and cons. Like do it yourself versus done for you. Uh, the biggest thing is trade off, and the trade off is time and money. So if you do it yourself, you're going to save money, cost you time. If you're going to do done for you, it's going to you know cost you money, save you time. So just based on where you're at and what your desires are, what your goals are, you're just going to make that uh, uh, designation, make that uh, choice. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Success Journey Show. Please follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at The Success Journey Show. Also, check out our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Because um, I think, I think the, the way you did it in the, the three steps, that if you went through the three steps, now you're able to walk to a project 
And if somebody says, hey, I have the house down, uh, Victor, I have a house down here I'm selling, could you come check it out? And um, you go down there and you say, okay, boom, boom, boom. You're allowed, you, because you've done and you understand what it takes to do the project, you can walk around the house and kind of sum up and says, okay, this project, it's, they're selling for 50,000. I'm looking here, it's gonna need probably about $30,000 work. Of course, you know, your ball figure is gonna change because when you do the inspection mm -hmm. or whatever, and then you, you, you go you go and say, okay, this is probably gonna need 30,000 because you have already done some of that work and you went through that phase where you understood what work needed to be done. And, and even though you have somebody doing it for you, you can still assess it by yourself and you don't need somebody to go in and kind of raise the price on you. Cause sometimes these guys go up and they're like, yeah, it needs 35 and you're like, yeah 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 oh man rick hey yeah well, yeah I, yeah. I, well, yeah, yeah, there, yeah sorry sorry guys man i like my, my allergy just started to attack me all of a sudden man so i had to jump off camera real quick but i've been listening uh the whole time man so victor you know I, i'm loving what i'm hearing in terms of you showing that journey that progression over time, it wasn't something that you just woke up one morning and you just started doing it. Um, but I, I hear a couple of things behind the scenes of, you know, the hard work that it takes to build up one, the skill set um, and the aptitude for being in this space. And if, if my numbers are not wrong, you know, you said 2018 was when you did your first flip. Yeah. yeah. First mm -hmm. flip 2018 and it's 2000, coming to the end of 2021. So it's only three years. Really. It's been about you know, three years, yeah. Yeah, about about three years, and for some, for for the for you you said that in 2020 you did <clears throat> approximately what 20 homes, 20 30 yeah. homes, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And exactly. uh, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah, and you're expecting to do around 30, 40, and 2021. Just 30. Um, yeah, no, 30, just 30, 30, 30. No, not 40, 30. <laughs> hey, he, 30. He's trying to tell you, don't let the IRS listen to this tag on this. He said 30. He didn't say 40. <laughs> 30. You know, like, so you hit 20 in year, in year after you've been in the, in the thing for two years. You know, like, mm -hmm. how do you, how did you build up and scale up? Because you told us you, you didn't start with anything. Like, you didn't start with having a right. whole, whole bunch of capital, you didn't have a, but you say, hey, I worked from project to project and I kept building it up. When did you start scaling to the larger number, the volume that you started seeing in 2020? What mm -hmm. contributed to that? I think it's just a natural progression. It just, it wasn't like one day, like, hey, I want to do 20. Because if you, if you ask me, like when I started, I, I met some like local flippers, they're like doing like, I think eight to 10 a year. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot, like eight to 10 a year. Like you guys are pretty busy. Uh, and then, you know, we eventually like went to that level. And uh, when, when I started, I was like, you know, let me just do the next one, the next one. And it was something about the momentum of like deal after deal after deal and like profit, you know, check after check after check. It just made sense to do more deals, you know, made sense to do more deals, had more money. Like, okay, well, you know, another deal comes along. Let's, let's make it happen. So it was just a natural progression. Like, you know, um, you know, you do a deal and you make 30,000, do a deal, you make 30,000. And then you're like, hey, let's just do two deals. Like, okay, well, you know, you make 30, 30. Like, okay, cool. And it just, it just grows from there. Uh, so it was just a, a, just a natural like momentum. Like as we're doing more deals, we're learning more, we're, we're making more, we're, you know, quicker at it. Uh, we like make less mistakes. It's more efficient. Um, yeah. So it, it's just that progression. Like we have better contractors, we have more vetted. Uh, we know, we know the areas better. 
Uh, so just, you know, just like, okay, well, let's, let's just do more. Let's just kind of grow and scale from there. If, if you told me like, Hey, you know, when I was starting out, like, Hey, you're going to do 30 flips in 2021. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, just naturally grew. Oh man. I love it, man. Go ahead, Mark. Two things I want to know. Um, so your investor, what do you require from your investor in terms of, so they, do you require them to take down the deal? Um, um on a conventional loan if they're going say the house is one 105 i'll take your first deal you're 105 and you put in 30 do you require them to to come with the 105 or do you require them a you're going to go in get a conventional loan for the 105 and then you put, they'll put in thirty thousand of their own money to do the the rehab and then when you sell it it works out that way or do do they usually come with all cash 105 cash, 30,000 um, for the rehab. And then you go that way. Of course, that'd be the most preferred way. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. yep. Um, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do your investors manage that portion? Because there's people that probably listen here. We always look about people that want to learn to flip, but there's some people that have money. And like you said, they're going to trade off time for work and they'll be like, well, I'll just invest money and make money on the back end versus me having to manage the deal. So for the yeah. investors, what, do you, what would you require of them? Um, it's gonna, it is gonna depend on the deal. So sometimes like that first deal, um, like they came up with all the money out of, out of pocket. So they came up with the 105 plus the 30 for renovation. So they came out of pocket 135, you know, so for the full amount. Um, so that's one way to do it. Uh, so I've done it like that. I've also done it before where we get hard money and typically just, just to approximate hard money, like hard money puts in 90% of the purchase price, 100% of the repairs. So then you have to come up with like a little down payment of 10%. It's like, okay, we've got to come up with this down payment of 10%. I'm, you know, spread out on these deals. Like, let's have this investor come in for that 10%. Then we can, you know, split the deal. Uh, so I've, I've done all different ways. I've done all different ways, but um, that method works too. It, it depends on the deal, depends on the numbers. Like if it's a smaller deal, as you can imagine, like there's a deal I bought here recently. I was like, you bought it for 18,000. We put in like 15,000. We're like selling it for like 75,000. Uh, so for that, it's like, just, just do all cash. Like, okay, great. Um, if it's a bigger deal, like, you know, buy it for a quarter million, put in, you know, 70,000 and sell it for more. It's like, oh, well, just, you know, that's, that's a big, uh, big check. So let's do like hard money. Let's be a little more creative. So it, again, it depends on the deal. Uh, it's not like a cookie cutter, one size fits all. It just, it just depends. Okay. And, and also now talk, um, being that the, everything is shooting up, the real yeah. estate, Everything is shooting up. Talking about your profit yeah, margins yeah. that you're seeing now versus top 2018, which is mm -hmm. not that far away or in the past, but talk about the profit margin from then till now. Yeah, so for sure. So uh, our profit has gone up, which is good. I think that's uh, part of it. Like we know what we're doing and like we're more efficient. Uh, also prices are rising, which makes, you know, appreciating, which makes life easier. Um, so that's a big part of it. Uh, I'd say, what would I say? Uh, with with uh, flipping, like you're on both sides of it. So you're, you're buying it, you're selling it. Yeah. And my my general theory is it's always the same amount of difficulty. So right, right now it's really hard to buy, super easy to sell. And it's going to be some sort of level of that. So even in 2018, like it was, it was easier to buy, a little bit harder to sell, but it was still like the same amount of difficulty probably. Um, so that's the same sort of thing um, now. So it's the same amount of difficulty. You know, if you get a deal, it, it'll, you know, and you price it, properly it'll go quick uh, good 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 mm -hmm. what can you share with our travelers just um what do you 
uh, how do you prep yourself for the resiliency that you need to have to go through this journey? Yeah. How, how do you mentally get yourself <laughs> there? <Yeah. laughs> um, I don't know if there is a way to prep. I think you just go through it. I think, well, if I have to think about it, I think it's little <laughs> wins. If yeah. you know, like little wins and momentum, like, um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I think it's like little wins over time, especially in life. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, business wins. Like, Hey, I, you know, I went to the gym and I you know, did a personal record. I did a PR like that. That yeah. just bleeds through to real estate. Um, I don't know if there's a way to, to, you know, to learn the resiliency. Like you just, you just learn it by doing it. You, you know, trial by fire, you learn it by getting into it. And if you make it great and you'll reap the rewards, if you don't make it, then you don't make it. Uh, but I don't know if there's a way to practice it. I think it's just, you just got to get into it and you'll, you'll see what you're made of. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, I mean, you mentioned something in that comment. I want to, I want to stretch on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, Hey, you know, I got a PR in a gym and that's that kind of triggered a question in my head. You know, how do you keep the balance of moving in this fast paced place of 20 flips, 30 flips in a year? That's a, <laughs> even though you're not doing a lot of the work, there's still a lot of management behind the scenes that you're organizing, making sure everything's in place. Um, there may not be a whole bunch of hours, but it's still hours dedicated to it. Um, yeah. How do you balance your life? Or what does a balanced life look like for you while you're growing at this steady pace? Um, balanced life. Yeah, I think it just makes sense to, to take time off and like to to get rest. And I, I'm a huge proponent of like exercise and going to the gym. I think that helps. Yeah. Um, it kind of helps deal with stress and that sort of thing. Um, there's what's, what's interesting about like the, the flipping and all that, like, it's not like, it's that much what's, especially with real estate, like you guys will find this out, you know, as, as you do it for your listeners, like it's a lot of like a flurry of activity, like activity, 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 nothing. And it's just hurry up and wait. And then activity, 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 nothing. So it's almost like juggling is how I'd liken it too. So, you know, if you ask them like, hey, can you juggle, you know, six things at once? Like, yeah, you can, because you're not dealing with each thing one at the same time. Like you're dealing, well, you throw one up, you catch one, you throw one up, you know. So you're, you're uh, that's how it is with this, with the 20 or 30. Um, yeah. So at any given time, we might have, you know, 10 to 15, <laughs> and then some might be under contract ready to sell. So we're just waiting for like inspections and appraisals of one of which might be in the middle of renovation. Maybe we're waiting for the painter, one of which is like under contract we're about to buy. So we're just waiting for it to close. So it's not like um, like we're dealing with 30 properties, like every second mm-hmm. there's something going on. It's like, it, again, it's kind of like juggling, like something's <clears throat> going on, you deal with it, something's going on, you deal with it. Uh, yeah. So it's like that. So it sounds like it's a lot, but it really isn't. Yeah. And, and tell us also, you know, when you mentioned it, I mean, you have so many great nuggets in this um during this podcast and i've been i've been writing down different phrases for titles for this one yeah uh yeah actually a couple a couple of them i got is a uh one um real world mba when you talk when you share you know hey do i get a business degree or do i go out in the real world and learn business uh and then also buying a job you know those two (laughs) things resonated with me but uh (laughs) that's good sharing um but as you as you as you're going through now, one of the things you mentioned was, hey, when you get around to your first deal, you know, hey, I, my credit wasn't where where I wanted it to be. I had some debt, things of that nature. You know, as you're in this entrepreneurial journey, how did you, in order to continue to win, how did you look at just managing? Hey, all right, here's my 
what I need personally to, to be in a good place. And this is also what I need business-wise to be in a good place. Because a lot of people, I don't care if you went into an MBA, whatever it is, they sometimes they just can't get that concept right. And sometimes they're get, taking too much from the business and putting it to personal or not bringing enough to personal and the business, you know, it's just all scrambled. So how did you kind of walk through that, figure that out, you know, get mm-hmm. credits in, in, in better places and all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, so especially when I started, I, I uh, wasn't good at it. Uh, so I, I've gotten slowly better over time. Um, so I think the biggest thing is like having separate business and personal accounts, because yeah. before I would like co-mingle it. So it'd just be the same. And like, I'd go like grab a drink at the bar, like that would show up on the business account. And like, that shouldn't have been a business, a business expense. So I was kind of mixing it. So I'd recommend for your list, like, keep it separate. Um, there's a lot of value there. Um, yeah. Cause that maybe that business account is going to fluctuate. So you feel yeah. like really rich sometimes or really poor sometimes. And I'd make that mistake. Like sometimes I feel really rich. So I like spend it. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, I would need that money later. That that happened quite a bit. Um, That happened quite a bit. But then, you know, once you keep it separate, it's like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is for this, this is for this. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing is just knowing what your monthly expenses are. So I have it like, I have a little spreadsheet that breaks it down. Like, okay, this is how much like rent and mortgage is like car payment. This is blank. So then, you know, like, Hey, I need, you know, two grand a month or I need five grand a month uh, for my monthly expenses. So just knowing what you need every month and having like an accurate, accurate assessment there is also helpful. Um, I'm still working on it. Like even to this day, like it's a scale and I'm still improving it. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's still, you know, it's it's something that's 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 there. And then another, you know, positive thing as like I'm working towards getting more rentals, um, it's really nice to like, you can be living off the rental, like the cash flow, yeah. uh, so to speak. So let's say um, you make, you know, 2000 a month cash flow and your expenses are 2000 a month. Well, it's, it's pretty easy to, to handle that. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like there's all different angles to it, but that's that's how I've been looking at it recently. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, have you ever, you know, what, what, what uh, this this episode, I'm trying not if you ever listen to Biggest Pockets, I'm sure you did. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I'm trying not to be a bigger pockets here because <laughs> you, you know, uh, 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 your information is something that I think you know. It sounds like a guy of bigger pockets that's talking about exactly <laughs> what's going on. Was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to make, not make it a bigger pockets, but you know the questions and and the information that you're giving is is so sound. Um, not and I like the fact that you you're, you're saying, listen, yeah, I have this business and I make whatever I make. I, I don't want I don't want to go into details. I want the IRS to come, but so <laughs> so, <laughs> but but at the same time, just like you're saying, the budget. Sheet, Rich, Rick and I've been preaching that since almost our first episode. You have to understand what's your expenses and what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah. Right. And you're saying, and I think it's truth be told, even billionaires still are revamping how that works for them. So it's, yeah. it's an ongoing, ever changing thing. And that's why they say, you know, every quarter, you can probably, um, you know, look at your ba- uh, budget sheet in order to, 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 to balance it. Um, I, I wanted you to talk about one of your deals because. Uh, sure. The sixty-four thousand, the sixty-four thousand um, profit that you made on that deal. Um, yeah. Walk walk us through that one, um, so that uh, our listeners could understand that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- this was a deal. So we had sixty-four k net profit. So that's uh, bef- after all expenses, but before taxes. So the thing is, we almost passed on that deal. Like we almost uh, didn't do the deal, which is surprising, especially like oh, we made sixty-four thousand. Why would you have passed on it? So here's what happened. So we basically we got this deal from a wholesaler. 
Uh, we got this deal from a wholesaler. Like, okay, cool. We, we walked the property. Like, okay, this is, this is potentially a deal. Kind of went back and forth with them on price. Um, and kind of went back and forth on them on price. Uh, finally came to a price, sell on a price. Like, okay, cool. Um, got it done. And basically what happened, so the wholesaler promised to the seller, like, hey, when we sell this thing, you're going to walk away with like 20 grand. You're going to walk away with 20 grand um, and you'll be able to live your life. And turns out like they misinterpreted the payoff. So basically when you're selling a property, there's what's called a payoff for the mortgage. Uh, so like you got to pay off the mortgage to own the property, right? And that's the mortgage company gives you the payoff. So the wholesaler uh, totally got it wrong. So it wasn't, they weren't going to walk away with, I think, uh, 20 grand, they like they had to come to closing with seven grand. So they had like seven grand in the hole by selling the property. So obviously the seller wasn't happy. The wholesaler didn't handle it pretty well. Um, they were like, oh, they were like threatening to sue us. And like, hey, we're going to, you know, it was an older seller, like an 84-year-old woman. She's like, we're going to call uh, elderly abuse on on you. And I'm like, well, we're just trying to buy our house. And like the payoff didn't, didn't go correctly. Um, so there's this back and forth. So we almost backed out there. Like, should we even deal with this? Like, I don't want to be accused of crazy things like this if it's if it's not a deal or if it's not you know for no reason. So we almost backed out there. We're like, hey, you know, you know, we think it's still a deal. Let's pull through. So we pushed through, closed the deal. Okay, cool. Um, we went through the property. So we did an inspection. Um, did did a mold. Like we found out like there was mold. So we knew that it turned out to be worse than we thought. Uh, so we did like mold stuff. The first quote we got for mold remediation was like twenty three grand. And we're like, whoa, that's a big, that's going to mess up our profit. You know, we're going to like, we're not going to make so too much. Like maybe we should pass on the deal. So we talked to the, the neighbor, the neighbor wanted to buy the property initially. And um, he, he was a mold remediation guy. So he's like, oh, I'll just do it through my company. So we offer the property to him like, hey, we'll just sell it to you a break even. We don't want to make a dollar. We'll just sell it to you what we bought it for. Because uh, we have we had other projects at the time. So it's not like, oh, we have to do this deal. It's like we had other projects. So like, what if we just sell it to him? And luckily he changed his mind. He's like, I actually, I actually don't want the property anymore. So like, oh, okay, great. Uh, so like, I guess we're, you know, we're dealing with this thing now. So then we got another quote for Mulder Manage guys, like 15 grand. And we got another quote and it's like maybe seven grand. So like, let's go with the seven grand. Uh, and we got it done. Uh, then we did the rest of the renovation. Um, and then we sold the thing and uh, everything after that was smooth, but we almost backed out you know, when the wholesaler was giving us grief, we almost backed out with the mold and we almost didn't do the deal. We almost, you know, made zero. We ended up making uh, about 64K net. So we bought it for like 78. We put in, I think about 60 and we sold for 200. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a good deal wow. in the end, but uh, it just goes to show like sometimes you don't like just trust the numbers. Don't let like fear overtake you, you know, trust the process. Um don't let a little bump in the road or what one person's opinion like affect your deal. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good nuggets in there, but um, yeah. So that was a, that was a good lesson learned. I'm, I would have, you know, I'd do the deal again today. because it was such a good one. That, that, that probably helped you build up that resiliency, even though, like you said, you just have to be in it. You just have to yes. be in it from start to finish. How long did that deal take you? Uh, I think we bought it in November and we sold it. I think it was like three months. Like three, four months. So super quick. In three months, you made somebody's salary. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's, that's one way to put it. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good yeah. deal. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a very good deal. That's a very mm -hmm. good deal. Oh, wow, man. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, man. So, Rick, I don't know if you have any other questions, but I'm telling you, this is, uh, this, this, I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm a real estate guy. Um, mm -hmm. And 
It, it's been an honor and a pleasure talking to you. Oh, no, yeah. how, how old are you, by the way, if you don't mind? So I'm 27. Asking. Yeah. 27. Mm-hmm. 27. So, man. And uh, Ricky, you do this part. You, I let you do this part because you yeah. always do it. Travelers and you give the nuggets, you sum it up. Yeah, yeah. Travelers, man. 27 years old. So 27 years old. Um, he would have went the engineering route. Um, <clears throat> he would have just finished his master's probably two, three years prior. Um, and he probably would have tried to get his professional engineering license or whatever it may be, or PhD or something in that realm. And um, could have been okay. Could have been fine, right? Mm-hmm. But he found something that he was passionate in early. And he decided to roll up his sleeves and try to figure things out. Um, I'm quite sure he said he knew, he, he knows about bigger pockets. So I'm quite sure he listened to bigger pockets and other resources that are out there um, to try to make this thing happen. But he said, Hey, I'm not going to stay in school for business when business is done in the world. So I'm going to go out in the world and learn business. And, 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 and he took it and said, Hey, I'm going to with the falls with them. I'm going to fall. I may fall. I may crawl. I mean, whatever it may be, but I'm going to go after it. And with the two failures that he had two uh, previous failures, some people would have been like, you know what? Uh, time to go back to school. Like you, you, you can mess it around with this too much, you know, go back to school. Uh, he talked about his family where they have a great rep- rep- representation, rep- rep- uh, reputation of being engineers, great engineers. It's like, well, what is, what is Victor doing with his life? <laughs> you know, I can imagine. I can just imagine that conversation around a dinner table. Oh, yeah, another business, huh? Did it, did it well? <laughs> um, you know, but then getting into a, a place where things just started to to move, and and it wasn't a knockout. You know, he didn't knock it out the park. You know, but it was something that he saw where he can grow and it can grow and continue to grow and continue to grow. And now he's 27 years old and he's able to share his journey. You know, he shared his journey so far at 27 and he's just beginning. You know, he's been in 2018 and, uh, well, not been in 2018, earlier in 2018, getting into the real estate with the wholesaling. But, you know, first flip 2018 and here three years later, um, 2021, you know, with projections that he would have never thought he would have had in the beginning. Um, it reminds me of, and it's for you travelers here, it reminds me of uh, Will Smith. I was watching, he, he's releasing his book. I don't know when this is going to be released, but he's releasing his book this weekend. And one story he's told around his book was that when he was young, his father gave him a brick and he told his, him and his brother that, yeah, I want you guys to build a wall. And he said, don't worry about the wall. The wall doesn't exist right now. But what does exist is this brick, right? And I want you to take each brick and lay each brick perfectly. Why? Because you can do that. You know, don't think about building this huge wall and this huge building. No, I want to. I want you to just be concerned about what you can control in your hand, and that is this brick. And by the time a year later, they had a huge wall built, and that right there is just a testament of what Victor is sharing right now and saying, hey. He didn't have all the answers when he started. He doesn't have all the answers today. But what he's doing is every single opportunity he's learning from it, every single moment he's he's growing, um, and and that growth is is building him up even more, building up his experiences, building up his opportunities, and continually to build that wall, whatever that wall is for him uh, in his life. So, Victor, man, we really truly appreciate you coming on today and just sharing your journey. And I hope I summarized it 
right, for our, our, our travelers and just for them to really just take this thing, whatever it is that they're passionate about, whatever it is that they're trying to figure out in their life and just take it in bite sizes and, and let it grow. And one thing I want to ask you before we let you go is, you know, if you can go back to that, you know, that, that, that student that was going in, I'm, I'm engineering by my trade, but yeah, mechanical engineering, right? And I just started real estate uh, four months ago. Right? There we go. Nice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm 38. You know, I waited until 38. <laughs> <to do it. laughs> so mm-hmm. um, definitely resonates with me. And so if you can go back to that, that, that young freshman walking in on campus, you know, very mm-hmm. first day, going to be an engineer, you know, uh, and you can have like two minutes to, or a minute to pull them aside and say, hey, Victor, let me talk to you real quick. What would, mm-hmm. you, what, would you, what would you tell us? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I think the first thing with that, like I, uh, I probably wouldn't listen to myself. So I mentioned like the first, first story, like I bought a business, and I went against my mentor's, you know, advice. So like I, I probably, whatever I'm going to say for the next minute, like I'm just not going to listen. So that's probably the first thing just to note. <laughs> so just for that, so that's clear. Cause I was just kind of stubborn. Like, Hey, I know you're saying do a, but I'm going to do B. Uh, Cause I don't know why. Um, so that's, that's probably the first thing. What else would I, uh, I think the biggest thing is just like, just keep going. You know, um, I could like summarize it basically in two words, like just, just keep going. Cause it's really hard. Like when like business number one fails, like you're about to do number two and like, okay, business number two fails and you're about to do number three. Like, you don't know, like with where I'm at, it's easy to look back and like, oh, obviously your next one was going to be successful because you learned and you improved and all that stuff. But like from number two, to number three, like you don't know that. Um, so it's just, there's so much value, you know, keeping going. I like to liken it. Like if you guys know bowling and like, you have the bumpers on the bowling just for the kids. So, you know, uh, basically like if you throw a, I still a use those ball, today, man. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically though, like if you throw a bowling ball hard enough, like it's going to hit the pins eventually, like even if it'll bounce, you know, every, every second and, you know, but it'll eventually hit the pins and that's the value of keeping going. Like, you don't have to hit it in a straight line and hit a strike, but, uh, if you just throw throw it hard enough or keep the ball going long enough, like it'll like you you'll be successful. That's how I see it uh, for real estate. That's how I see it for business. Um, obviously, you got to like change your approach and you got to you know listen to feedback. Like if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. But if you keep going and you keep like listening to feedback and improving your concept, getting more efficient, you know, optimize. Like you'll you'll eventually get there. It might not be as as soon as you want. It might not be as quick as you want because you know, because it takes time, but you'll, you'll eventually get there and you'll look back and be like, yeah, this was worth it. Uh, so that'd be the advice. Like, just, just keep going. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Is this, if people want to get to you or want to, I have a million dollars, but I just want to, I love what Victor said. And I just want to invest in Victor. How do mm-hmm. people reach you if they want to get some information from you? Cause you're not only um, doing, you, you also teach this to other people, correct? I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I also mentor people. So I do it myself. I also mentor people nationwide. Uh, so folks want to reach out. I'm, I'm active on Facebook. So Victor Yurichak, you'll, you'll find me there. I also have a free Facebook group, uh, Six Figure House Flippers. So folks want to join there. There's a lot of free resources, like case studies. I do deep dives on deals, like a lot of good stuff for pair estimate guides. So it's all in there. So that's the best place to reach out is just on Facebook. Love it. Love it. Well, travelers, travelers that we told you is going to be a good one. Uh, for all of those that have been following our journey with real estate, uh, this right here just goes right with that. 
um, and just sharing a little bit more information, deep, deeper dives, different concepts, um, things that we listen to a lot. And we're glad that we didn't we didn't plan this with Victor to him to share anything about real estate. This is not planned at all. Uh, so him coming on and sharing his information um, is just perfect timing. So we really want you guys to, hey, go listen to our podcast. Not only listen, but leave a review, leave your comments. Tell us what you learned uh, in this group. Tell, ask your questions uh, on, on our reviews. Whatever it is, shoot us an email. On, go to our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com, um, and co- connect with us. Go to our, don't remember our shop, go to our shop, get some uh, uh, paraphernalia so that you can take and uh, uh, sh- share with the world. And Marlon shared with you earlier in the podcast, we got the jumpsuits there. So yeah, listen, guys, just, you know, we're here to build this platform for you. Um, and so that for you, for you to learn, for you to grow as you're on your journey and traveling to your road. So we want to thank you again for joining us and we'll see you again next week at the same time on the success journey show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.